one point we did one cricket magazine just as a tester and although we couldn't sustain that with revenues for advertising things like that that one issue got the most feedback i'd ever had because the cricket community loves to read about our clubs the stats we talked about 50s fifers everyone loves and everyone knows that if you go to a club game on a saturday who's done what the weekend before Welcome to another Cricket Scotland podcast. I hope you and yours are keeping well. The world of cricket has seen some changes over the last few months, that's for sure. But amongst the most positive of those has been the amount of media content that is now out there to enjoy, with online magazines such as The Pinch Hitter and Vox Cricket, as well as the host of new podcasts which have become established over lockdown. Scottish cricket has certainly been a beneficiary and joining me to discuss how the sport is represented in the media I'm delighted to welcome two very special guests. First of all print and podcast journalist Gary Heatley who is a regular contributor to the Scotsman as well as the Cricket Scotland website. Hi Gary. Hi Jake. And former Scotland international Kazim Sheikh whose excellent new podcast Shaky Sports Journeys has made quite an impact already. Hi Kazim. Hi Jake. Thanks for having me mate. Well Warm welcome to both of you. It's great to see you. Um, I imagine our Zoom etiquette is about to be tested as never before on a, on a three-way call, but let's see how we go. Um, and if we could start, perhaps, just by thinking a little bit about what the pre-COVID situation was like media-wise in Scotland. As I said, Gary, you're or have been very involved in print journalism for a long time now. How has coverage changed over recent years, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think it has. Everything's changed a lot in the media and Certainly with cricket as well. I mean, I think, you know, when I was coming into it maybe 15 years ago or so, there was a lot more coverage of the, the club game, sort of Saturdays and, and Mondays. And I think a big thing then for a lot of people was having the scorecards in the in the papers, mainly the Scotsman and the Herald, I think, and the Sunday papers that those companies ran. I think they were, that was big for, big for a lot of people. You often hear people say, you know, a paper 30 or a paper 3 for that always used to get your name in, in the paper. That space disappeared from papers the last sort of five years and that sadly as that was kind of going so did the space for for more previews reviews human interest stories on the on the club game itself um just with every sport i think below perhaps football the space has been squeezed in the last five years obviously there's been spikes with, around the england game obviously two years ago around the, the west indies qualifier you know who knows what it might have been if, it, if scotland managed to qualify for the world cup in england last year you know with the print coverage may have ramped up again then, but I think it's sadly sort of declined the last five or so years. I mean, I think it's just uh, the space in papers is at a premium now, and I think cricket's been one that's kind of felt the pinch for that. So when you're pitching ideas, it's become become trickier, and yeah, it's just perhaps been harder to keep the sport the sport out there in the print media as as other mediums have grown as well. So I think that's kind of where it was at pre-COVID, and, and who knows where it'll be in the next next few months. Yeah, I mean, Kazim, you had a great career with Scotland between 2005 and 2010 and you know including a appearance in the squad at the 2007 World T20 um what are your memories of the the coverage around that time of the club and the international game well it's interesting there on the newspapers I mean I was a big one I loved that you know on a Saturday if I got a 50 um or I got some runs on the board I, I was looking to see my name in the paper the next on, on the Sunday morning um and yeah, it's, it's died a slow death um, over the last couple of years, um, which is 
which I think is unfortunate because I think it really gave. I mean, when they were actually putting it in the papers, cricket probably wasn't as big in Scotland as it was, I think, now. I mean, recently it would just be England, you know, where we're, you know, we're very close to qualifying for, for a World Cup. I think there's good things on the horizon. Um, whereas at that stage, you know, apart from the 99 World Cup, I'm talking way beyond then, there wasn't really a, much happening um, in Scottish cricket and we were getting that coverage. I think, don't get me wrong, I think everything has gone online now. I think um, anything that's, that's, that's left out there, and we were talking about this before we come on, I was giving uh, Gary a quick crash course on Instagram, which I needed myself recently, um, on how's the best way to use it. So, I mean, you've got Twitter, Instagram, you know, Facebook, all these different forms of putting information out there. Um, I think the, the websites, it's really important how you use the websites. Cricket Scotland, for instance, I think it's got better in recent times. Um, but you're right, the news, I mean, recently I did an article with the Scotsman, um, and it was, it was, it, Willie Dick wasn't sure if it was going to, how, if they were going to take to it, because cricket has not really been getting that much, like you say, it's been getting squeezed. So that's something that needs to be addressed because, you know, papers are still the papers. They, you know, a lot of people still read the papers, maybe not as much as they used to, but it's good to get coverage in these papers. And uh, I don't really know best way to, to get us back, back kind of relevant in them again, but I would imagine getting into a World Cup. Uh, would be something that would need to need to happen in Scotland sooner rather than later to, to get back in amongst the mainstream. I mean, the $6 million question, we've both touched on it there. Um, the aftermath of the England game showed what was possible coverage-wise, but why is cricket still not viewed as a mainstream sport by the, the general Scottish media, do you think? Because it's always pondered. Because <laughs> nobody could just to get their heads around how, they play, how we play cricket in Scotland. Uh, but it does happen. We do we do play quite well, but I think the weather might be a factor as well. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I mean, I was editor of a rugby magazine for, for nearly a decade, and the same company I worked for there, we, at one point we did one cricket magazine just as a tester, and although we couldn't sustain that with the, the revenues for advertising things like that, that, that one issue got the most feedback I'd ever had because the cricket community loves to read about our clubs, the stats, you know, we talked about 50s, fifers. everyone loves, and everyone knows that if you go to a club game on a Saturday, who's done what the weekend before. So there is a massive interest in the actual playing community. So it's always been quite a strange one as to why it's perhaps not got more coverage, I guess. It's maybe, you know, crowd-wise, people look at that and see that, you know, the, the crowds aren't maybe massive at certain games. But, um, and I guess it's fine with a lot of other sports to, to come below kind of football and and then rugby, but certainly the people who play the game engage in it more than more than a lot of sports. Certainly in terms of knowing what's happening elsewhere and knowing who's playing where, who's doing what. I've heard a number of sources say that oh, our job as the media is to give the public what they want. In inverted commas, for me, journalism is about finding good stories that people are going to wish to see and that isn't necessarily just the old firm which is basically when we boil down sports coverage in Scotland is what is kind of left at the at the very bottom I do remember the world uh, the World Cup qualifier in Zimbabwe and I remember tweeting about it at the time because it was the day that Scotland had moved above West Indies in the table and it never even made the news on reporting Scotland who led with a, an injury to an old firm squad player the media has the power to set the agenda. It's not giving the public what they want. It's giving them what they didn't realise they wanted. 
that's kind of why I started the podcast. If I'm, if, 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 if I'm if being honest about it, I think um, the coverage I've seen growing up um, of cricket in Scotland, for instance, has not been very exciting. I don't think it's been the most engaging. Um, and I felt there was a market there to start speaking to some of the Cricket Scotland boys in particular to start with, which is not all I've been doing. I've been speaking to now cricketers across the globe as well as now going in to speak to other sports people. But the response has been that this has been something a bit different. Obviously, you're going to we'll, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, as well. There's another few or, or, like chaps that have started their own podcast, being uh, halfway up middle, out the shoe. Um, and it just gives a different... It's interesting to hear all the different takes on how they're kind of putting this stuff across because I think there's a market there that maybe that's what's lacking a little bit, that maybe things need to be just a little bit more exciting. Um, certain stories are being covered that will really get people engaged and thinking about it. I mean, you put one out not so long ago, Jake, with, with uh, George Salmond. I've not heard George Salmond talk on anything, you know, relevant or a podcast or anything really, or the radio even, um, for as long as I've been around. But apart from since the '99 World Cup, when we were when he was captaining and leading the team, they're, 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 these people have got great stories to tell. Um, they can cover so many amazing things that they've, and, and the youngsters will relate to that. Um, I think parents can relate to these kind of things because you know they can hear stories of. I, I put one out recently with Matthew Cross, which was a really good mix of education and becoming an international sports person. For me, I just thought this is perfect to put out there for any parent out there who wants to let their 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old girl or boy hear what it kind of takes to mix both if they're looking to, to have both part of their life. Because I know with me, it was all about eggs were in one basket. It was all about cricket. I didn't, I didn't concentrate in the classroom. And I look back now and I wish I'd concentrated a little bit more in the classroom and, and I would mix both in a bit better. That's just honesty from my part. But I think adverts like Matthew Cross and putting those stories across is only going to get people more engaged and attract other people to think, you know what, it's not just it's cricket, it's not just talking about scorecards and, you know, LBWs and this and that, you know, that maybe people can't relate to. You can actually hear a story um, of what's going on in these people's lives and how they got to that point. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I think it's me and you, Jake, have talked about before. People are, people are interested in people at the end of the day and everyone's got a story to tell whether they're playing for second 11, whether they're playing for Scotland, whether, you know, they haven't just, people who play for Scotland haven't just popped up out of nowhere. And it does frustrate me in many sports when someone does get selected that you don't hear what club they started at. You know, for example, recently Mark Watt on the podcast, you know, starting out at Leaf Links, you know, people just think probably, oh, he was at Heriot School, he's done this, that, he's had cricket from day one, but he didn't. And, you know, to then be playing against England, you know, probably two miles down the road at the Grange five years later is, you know, quite an amazing story. So people are interested in people and, yeah, recently doing again features on the '99 World Cup. You know, at the time when you know, John Blaine was coming through as a 20-year-old, suddenly you're bowling at you know some of the best Australian Pakistani batsmen there's ever been in the world. You know, so I think it's getting that that side across rather than just yeah results. R results are results, and they are what they are. But every game is about people, and you know, and sometimes when you frame a story as well, oh, so and so are struggling this week. They brought in four teenagers. Well, why not talk up the fact that that club's brought through four teenagers. You know, it's a different, it's a different slant on the story, and it is also frustrating in a lot of sports that it happened in swimming earlier in the lockdown when there was an unfortunate incident. Suddenly, someone becomes swimming star this or swimming this when you've never actually heard anything about the athletes previously. It's always just when controversy strikes. So it's 
that's quite frustrating for 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 these athletes who aren't most of them aren't even full time. You know, it's uh, they only get the limelight when it's something off the field or or you know, it's, it's quite frustrating. So I think there's so much more that could be changed to, in that way. And I think the problem with the a lot of the newspapers is they're just so stretched staff wise and on the desk the editorial staff they just don't have the time or to sort of really look into these features like like the features that you know Kazim had in the Scotsman uh, recently you know which was obviously a, a human a human interest story as well so it's uh, but now there's more ways of people getting those out there online and I guess through podcasts it's, that's the way it's going to have to have to go really because there's there's still amazing stories to tell. Yeah, you both mentioned the 1999 World Cup and the heritage of the game here is so important as well. And we kind of shout out here to Scottish cricket past, present and future on Twitter and Facebook who put up fantastic nostalgia pieces and old school cards and photographs and so on, Cammy Munro uh, running that. So it's it's really important, I always think, to to flag up the history to show that Scottish cricket has an enormous heritage that should be celebrated and should be should be known about. Yeah, I mean, with the, in relation to the you know the heritage and the history of the Scottish game, I think again we're just highlighting on the fact that I think moving forward is it's all about what you do moving forward now. Um, but it's not really much you know maybe years of you know not having the coverage. I think it now needs to be what do we do moving forward? And I think with technology around now. There's no excuse really to not be able to. I mean, three of us have managed to sit on a on a podcast and have a chat chat on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, if you ask me to drive across to Edinburgh this afternoon or to come and meet you guys somewhere, it might be a bit more of a stretch. So with technology, you can always you can catch somebody on a, a Wednesday evening, a Thursday evening. You know, but it, it, get, getting stories across. I think of speaking to athletes. We've also got the women's game now, which is. Very, very, very well, highly respected and regarded around. And they, they, I think story, hearing stories of the different um, different players would be would be good. I think also what you were touching on there, Gary, that's true, very true, is that it's not just all about the sport. It's about their life and kind of what challenges they've had. Because a lot of times people leave sport because I've had to work, didn't have the finance to be able to play the sport. You know, hearing from somebody else who might give you some ideas of how they managed to manage it to do it, which a lot of Scottish people would be able to tell you because it's only really recently that we're now getting players that are, you know, on contracts and stuff. Before it was Monday morning back in the office after a ten hour drive back from, you know, being down in Sussex or something. So yeah, you know, they're tough tough tales to, to get told and if you can hear if youngsters could hear stories like that, then maybe it make them think, you know, maybe we've got it you know, things are things that aren't as stretched as that. We've got an opportunity here. Maybe it's just a matter of rejigging things a little bit to make sure we can get the best out of our our education and our work life and our and our sport. I think that's important. Another thing that's perhaps important, you know, in the social media era, I think sometimes a lot of people can be kind of these TV watcher sport fans, if you like. But I think what's been great through the lockdown is clubs have been doing some of their own content and really showing how how much pride people have in playing for a first eleven at a club. I think sometimes people can just think that's a given. That's a that's easy for anyone to do, but some of the stuff, like you know, Story with Dice has done quite a few podcasts. Carlton have done quite a good newsletter. Watsonians have done quite a bit of social media. A few other clubs, you know, players interviewing players, and everyone remembers, you know, maybe winning a cup tie when they had a long journey or you know when they were up against it. I think people need to realise how, you know, how much pride people take in playing for for clubs, and and also how how hard it is to play for for the national team. I think sometimes when all you hear about is a national team. Everyone thinks, oh, that's just the only people that play the sport in the country. But there's 
there's hundreds of other girls and guys out there who are pushing for those places and I think it's uh, yeah to hear the stories from all the different levels is um, yeah it just shows the sort of the rich history of the sport but also the exciting future I guess so I think that's been that's been a good thing to see during during lockdown as well. I don't know if you remember, Gary, obviously a couple of, not quite a few years back now, test match special, they were doing the old club life and they did Aberdeen. And that was such a such a powerful story to see behind the scenes of what actually goes into playing for Aberdeen and getting on a bus every other weekend and starting to crack a dawn and guys turning up from a long week working and, and it was brilliant to watch. And I think, you know, grassroots, what you're, what you're highlighting there is very, very important. And like you say, there's only... The 14 guys, 13, 14 guys that make up a squad or a team that goes on tour. A lot of the guys behind the scenes that have, you know, been involved in that and been helping them get prepared to be in that position. Um, and I think you recently done something, uh, Jake, you started doing with some kind of club representatives and you did one with Sam Scott, who is somebody that coached me when I was a kid. Um, I mean, these people are, 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 are just amazing servants to the game in Scotland and you need to, you need to tell their stories because... People maybe don't appreciate uh, how much they have actually put into it. And Sam Scott's been, like I say, that'll be going on 30 years probably. He's been maybe maybe even more than that. And the amount of young cricketers that he's been involved with that have come through to play for the national team or get into A teams or get into under-19 teams, that should be acknowledged. And it was good to see that you you done that article. Oh, well, thank you. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that was a, a particularly nice article to do, actually, talking to, talking to Sam. I mean, just some incredible stories. But, and there are so many more out there as well and I mean you talked at the start as we mentioned the 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 various podcasts that are out there and um, how Scottish cricket's really been the beneficiary of of what's happened in recent times so we've got halfway at middle we've got out the shoe uh, which has been going for a little while now and Gary you talked about those those terrific club-based pods uh, particularly Sunnywood Dice which is uh, which is terrific piece of work Um, but there's space for everybody there's a real opportunity to tell the story through a variety of complementary content yeah um, i think i think the the story with dice and the actual clubs themselves doing it is a uh, is, is really cool i mean you just what do you need what do you need these days you need a laptop a person that's prepared to put some questions across and off you go i mean i could i could see I mean, I'm quite keen to do something with some of the clubs when cricket re- restarts. So I don't want to give away too many ideas just yet. You know, think, oh, I don't have any ideas left. But somebody could easily be walking around a Clydesdale um, and you could speak to, you could pull a family aside that have got a couple of kids that play, play at the club and you could tell a story of, you know, what, what do you put, I mean, I know how much my parents put into driving me around the country. Um, even, so even parents, hearing the story of a parent that's had a couple of children playing cricket or whatever sport it may be, Stories like that will attract. They might not do millions of numbers. You know, some of some of the podcasts I've done recently. You know, Imagine Hat, for instance, did over a thousand views. But then some of the other ones maybe don't do as many. But somebody's taken something from them. The ones that have watched it, you know, or you've got a couple. They, they've they've taken something. Um, Kelly Clark that I recently put out, which is a female football player, because um, she she had links with cricket with our our broad cricket club. So to hear about her family background. Um, I hear her father was was a great cricketer for our broad. You wouldn't hear these. I would never have known that story. I would never have known anything about that um, until speaking to them. And I think there's a market here for everybody to tap into where you never had social media before. If I'd recorded something, where how would I have got it out to people? I would have maybe been able to send it directly to a few friends or something. But I wouldn't have wouldn't really have been able to get any traction with social media. Now you're uh, you're not you're not limited. 
No, absolutely. And I think it's, uh, you mentioned about the sort of, you know, parents, things like that. I know, I know what's her name. I've done one recently, a sort of video piece with, with Fraser Chalmers, who's two boys, Ewan and Andrew have obviously gone through that system and went on to Scotland. But obviously Fraser's probably watched more games in the East than, than most. And just some of the stories that people have, it's not just the, I think as I mentioned earlier, results are results and they're obviously an important part of things, but there's so much more to a day of, a day of cricket. I saw even, you know, in, in the Carlton newsletters, things like the people who make the teas, the people who run the juniors to games, all these people are so important because if, if at Carlton, for example, back in the day, if, if people hadn't given Ali Evans, Fraser Watts lifts the games, they wouldn't be playing cricket now. So your formative years are the ones that are really important. So I think talking up the junior sections, talking up the, the sort of second 11s, the sort of, um, the way folk learn playing that couple of years in the twos after school, things like that, are just under sort of watch why of the experienced players. All these folk have got such great stories to, to tell. And because of the the kind of um, overseas players and, you know, other guys who are maybe at uni here and stuff who have come through the game in Scotland, everyone's always got a story of how they got somebody out or someone bowled them or, you know, that kind of thing or the professional they played with. Um, so I just think it's about accentuating the positives rather than always looking at, oh, it's raining again, Scotland didn't play or, you know, the West Indies game, the controversy, yeah, that was obviously very frustrating, but there's so much, so much positive things going on. And I think maybe a break in a, a break in a few sports will have helped to kind of really get those kind of, some clubs really motoring and get that kind of club spirit back again and realise how great it is to be playing every Saturday with your mates and really kind of uh, those stories will get told a lot more going forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Well, Kazan, we've uh, mentioned it a couple of times in passing already, but shaky sports journeys. Uh, tell us uh, a wee bit of the history behind that and your your ambitions for it. So, sport has been something I've been interested in my whole life. Um, from you know, from a very very young age, I was not interested in, in much else. It was kicking a football, playing cricket, badminton, tennis, anything I could uh, you know get my hands on. I was I was I was willing to do it. Um, Obviously, I played national. I went through the whole system as a as a boy from the age of nine, ten years old, all the way through cricket under 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s, 18 national team. Um, so you know, I, I I've always found it interesting the, the journey that uh, I went through, um, and that's where the part journeys comes from. Because I thought, you know, there's a there's a, there's, a, there's an opportunity here. I, I lost, unfortunately, lost my job due to coronavirus. Um, so I, I, here I found myself sat at home in lockdown. Um, I've been through some recent struggles in my own personal life. Um, it's, it's you know it's it's, it's 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 been out there in the public domain. I I, I suffered quite badly from depression, um, and I've wanted to kind of um, you know I was in a good mental headspace. I was feeling like okay, I've lost my job, but I'm actually still feeling quite positive in life. Um, and you know why why don't I try something here? Why don't I? I launch a launch a podcast. Initially, it was called Shaky's Cricketing and Sports Journeys, and um, but then when I started realizing that you know the cricketing side is going to be that relevant part in it anyway, um, I, I I just decided to take that out and make it Shaky Sports Journeys. So then initially it was you know first of all to show people that have gone through similar difficulties in their life, be it, by, be it depression, be it loss of loss of family members, or you know I lost a younger brother when I was very young in life as well. So I. I've experienced a few things that you know can really, really affect your your mental health and your your, your well-being. I wanted to show people that look, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so I launched into the podcast, um, and I had some I had some really good, powerful stories that came out very quickly. Um, I started 
with Ryan Flanagan. We had a good laugh. Flanagan is somebody I played quite a lot of cricket with. He's a character. Um, so we had, we had a good laugh. Then I went and moved into ones, you know, speaking to some pretty high-level Scottish cricketers and, and Kyle Kutzer and Magic Hack. Uh, both coming from different ends of the spectrum. You know, one is the current Scotland national team captain. One is Scotland's leading wicket-taker who's, you know, fallen out of favour and, and his career came to an end due to some controversial stuff that went on. Um, and I wanted to basically just tell the stories for what they were. Um, and I think they came across really, really well. Both of them came across really, really well. I thought Kyle was a great advert for uh, Cricket Scotland as well as, as captain, as a leader. Um, and then I decided, right, it's time to try and call in some old contacts and started testing a few people on WhatsApp and over social media. Um, and I managed to get the likes of Dad and Sammy to come on, which I also thought was a, a fantastic episode. I, I, was, I had fun recording it. So I kind of, when you have fun recording something, you know, you feel good about it. You feel like this will have a good, this will have a good response. So again, people really enjoyed it. Um, and now it's, you know, when you say where's the aspirations, the aspirations are this is what I want to do myself. This is uh, maybe not be sitting in this red kitchen in the background <laughs> while I lock the family in the other end of the flat for the rest of my life. Maybe, maybe that's not what I want to be doing. But I mean, there's, there's talks and there's been some discussions maybe getting involved with some, some commentary around it and other different parts of the world. Um, you know, I would love to do, I'd love to be a man with like a, just a, a recording that could turn up at a, a hotel a couple of nights before a few ODIs are about to take place and just get a couple of guys together. I mean, I'm quite, I love the banter. Um, that's another thing this is, it's all about. It's about talking about serious things, but I like to have a giggle. I like to have a good laugh. And I think when you bring that kind of content across, people will watch it. The podcasts have been quite long. Um, so moving forward, eventually I would like to do little segments, smaller segments that people can watch easier. And um, I know an hour-long podcast is not for everybody. So at the moment, there's no Sky Sports news or anything that have contacted me and offered me a contract or anything just yet. But the aspirations are certainly there to do something in the in the media, stroke social media world, where I can kind of speak to sports people around the world. I've got things like uh, a major league baseball player that I just recorded with a pitcher who pitches almost 100 miles per hour. That was interesting because I know very little about baseball, so I was a total you know learning as I was going along, and I've got soon to uh, speak with um, you know people in, in soccer and football in the major leagues um nfl player so there's some some you know it's amazing when you start speaking and networking who you can end up talking to i mean i put simon donnelly over the of celtic legend out last night friday night i grew up watching simon donnelly play football i never thought i would be sitting recording a podcast with him so it's you know, anything is possible well, it's an absolutely terrific show. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, do, because it's uh, it's well worth your time. Some fantastic guests. Um, and Gary, not one but two podcasts to your name, which complement uh, the written word that you uh, that you do as well. So Driving Force and Disability. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, written journal has always been my, my career for well, 15, 16 years now. But, you know, things are changing a lot in the, in the world, I guess, with the way media... Just things are covered. So I thought a couple of years ago, I started the Driving Force podcast, really you know, similar to the journeys, I guess, or the word journey, Driving Force, like who, you know, just speaking to sports people about their, their drivers, what, what got them there, whether that was adversity, whether that was, you know, uh, grieving, whether that was, you know, being told by a coach they weren't good enough, whether it was their parents driving them forward, whether the sport was in the family previously, or if it was a completely new thing. So, and I think like, like Kazim, it's just, you know, even if you don't know anything about the sport, it's about the people. So once you start talking to them, it's just a, 
it's just a fascinating conversation and you realize you know how many people are going through the same things and they're the thing with all sports people is they're all doing it when they're very young so you're really a lot's coming on to you very early in your life and if you're doing well people say they don't read the headlines but you know if you're doing well you, they, just, most people will and you know you can be a hero one day and the villain the next so I guess it's a lot of young sports people will be on the same journey it's just fascinating to hear how people got got to where they are as I say I always find it strange when they announce the Scotland squad or something in any sport and it doesn't it maybe lists you know Edinburgh rugby for example like you know that's only where they are now, a lot of these kids have started out in Inverness or you know the borders or wherever. Not always at private schools, wherever they've been. So it's just fascinating to hear people's stories and that and their drivers and their ups and downs through injuries and things like that. And then yeah, more recently started disability podcast with Maria Lyle, who's a, a para athlete for for Great Britain. And yeah, we both got cerebral palsy. So we the first episode we both talked about that, just our different experiences. I mean. I'm 37, she's 20, so it was, again, different eras as well. So she's grown up in a more social media age and uh, just kind of things that she had to deal with and things like that. Um, and we just recorded our second episode with our first first guest. So um, that's probably been one of the proudest things I've managed to get started. And, uh, again, just really fascinating to talk to people about different things they've dealt with because, you know, I said to Maria on the first show, I've never sat and talked to anyone about a disability, and that's taken until I was actually going to put something out that was going to be recorded <laughs> until you actually think about it really because you're thinking solely about that topic so it's that's something I'm excited about going forward as well and, and just as Kazim said I think there's there's a lot of scope for different things going forward I think everyone just needs to sort of accentuate the positives of what's going on I think social media is great but it can also be the opposite where we just hear a lot of negative things about who's been dropped around who's actually playing and you know who should have been there who's not there uh, so I just think there's so much positive going on in Scottish sport, and if we can, and wider, if we can help to promote that our, ourselves, that's, that'd be great. So just to add, just to add to that, uh, first of all, I, I want to commend you for um, for doing that, Gary. Your, your recent your recent launch of your of your newest podcast, I think, will be amazing, um, and I, I, you know, and it will spread far and wide. And who knows how many people you're going to inspire with that? I mean, mental health, for instance, now is. If you've got Tyson Fury shouting at the top of the top of the hills, and he's a, he's, he's the heavyweight champion of it, so people used to say if you were ment- mentally, if, you, if you're in depression or something, oh you're you're weak. Well, I wouldn't stand in front of Tyson Fury and tell him he's weak because I'd probably get my head taken off. So it just shows you that you know it, it's not actually a weakness. I mean, so stuff like you're doing, um, you know, I openly recently spoke about challenges that I've had. It's not sometimes initially the easy. You, you probably think, oh, people don't. You, People don't want to know about that kind of stuff, but really, people want to know more about this kind of stuff. The more people that come out, talk about disability, for instance, you know, the mental health, loss of losing somebody very important to them in their life, they will help so many more other people. And it, so, it doesn't always need to be a, a, a bad thing that happens. Doesn't always need to be, or, or something that's difficult to somebody. Doesn't always need to be a negative. It's not a negative. It's a. I mean, I, I interviewed a guy in the podcast as well. You might have seen the type one diabetic boxer. He's the first ever to to get a license. Now I won't name any people, but there's people that have actually contacted since then, and they had children that have just been diagnosed recently, young children. And they, they didn't know what the future held for their child. They were worried about their child. And now they've got a perfect role model and a guy who's been able to go on and become a professional boxer, which is it's just amazing. And then people like yourself, Gary, um, and your and your co-host there, 
who have been able to go, it's not stopped, cerebral palsy has not stopped them going on and, and entering into sports or you entering into the media world. I think things like that are extremely powerful and that's how the media should be used to put positive spins on stuff, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, really, really good points, the points that you make there. And, you know, I think for for yourself to, to have come out and talked about your struggles and for myself to start a disability podcast, you know, I'm not, <laughs> we're not like you know, it was quite a big thing for us to go and do that and, and talk about ourselves. So, but by doing that, you can then help others. And it's great. And I think, Jake, you know, recently you had, you had Sam Hagro on, on your podcast and for her to come out and, you know, talk so well about the things that she'd been through with, with eating disorders and things, you know, I think it's, it's really tough things to talk about, but I think, you know, that will massively help other young people. And also, you know, by talking about her journey since then, that she's come back to play for Scotland and she's feeling really good and she's, you know, cricket just loving it as much as ever it just shows people that there's bump there's bumps in the road there's big bumps in the road but there's there's also the other side of it and i think that's important to kind of uh, to kind of always show to show young people yeah absolutely and you both make some fantastic points and what i found particularly listening to to your podcast gary and and to yours Casim, as well uh which was the solo piece that you did it was really, really thought-provoking and really, really moving in lots of ways. It just shows the power of stories. It shows the power of sport as a, as a means of, of getting these these really important issues across and out there. I think it's also just not to go into too much depth again, cause I know, but you know, it's important just to talk to different people because even if you think about a cricket club where you've probably been for maybe 10, 15 years, you walk around the boundary and there's certain people you've seen but never really even spoke to them or understood where they've come from why have they joined that club? Why is it, you know, I think it's quite important just for everyone just to sort of realise you're all part of the same thing and you're all part of the same community there. And therefore, yeah, there's, you know, competitive spirit, especially in cricket, you know, that's what everyone loves. But, you know, I love the days, which are slightly less now, where 10 years ago, where everyone would be in the clubhouse afterwards chatting to the opposition and sharing a beer and a chat. You know, that was kind of what cricket was and what sport's all about. But also not just the players, the the umpires, the other people that are involved, because everyone's there for a reason. They're not just, you know, spending their whole Saturday, you know, for, for, for no reason. Everyone's there because they love the, love the game. And I think that's, you know, people, if they can understand why everyone else is there, rather than just saying, oh, this guy's here, we don't know why he's here. You know, maybe go and speak to him and see, see what his connection is with the club and things like that. I think that'll, and all these kind of things, all these discussions help that. I think just, just to open up maybe clicky groups and maybe just make everyone feel part of a wider community, right? Well, it's been fascinating to discuss all of these issues with you both today. Just just one final question to finish on. Thinking of, of Scottish cricket media again, where do you think we would I- ideally like to be in, say, five years' time? I think um, you've got to go go on from, from what you've, what's kind of been started in lockdown, which has seemed to launch a lot of this activity taking place. Obviously, you'd probably like to, like we were discussing, not be sat in our lovely rooms or my kitchen or, you know, wherever yours are sat in the house, you'd like maybe to be sat on an oval somewhere, um, you know, maybe down at a Watsonian, me down at maybe a Clydesdale and getting a couple of the, you know, just every so often getting, getting some content out there that will appeal to the local people. I think it's got to get to the point that obviously you have to build up a fan base of people that will follow and listen to the stuff because that's how it will go, will go wider and wider. Um, Eventually, I know, you know, it, you could almost start a, a, a weekly or fortnightly live kind of stuff that goes on during the season where you actually, look, it's been done. 
it's whether or not it could have been it could be done better now. I mean, Craig Index did it for quite a few years. Um, I know that yeah, Gary, you've been you've been doing a lot of the stuff related to cricket in Scotland as well. I've been involved with some stuff, um, and now obviously Jake, you're 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 kind of rowing that boat down, and I think you just need to kind of row it fast and as you know row quickly as possible, and, and, and look for different powerful stories. The media does put out, I think, a lot of too much negativity. I think it's always been the case. And I think it's a British thing in general. I think Britain can be very negative with their media. And it's only when you're at the, you've achieved, you've won a tournament. I mean, Andy Murray's a superstar when he wins Wimbledon. But otherwise, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's not, it seems like he's always fighting against it. It's only when he wins something. As soon as he comes second place or third place, oh, he's a terrible... He's the worst thing since sliced bread. That mentality has got to change because defeat and losing at the top level shouldn't be something that you're you're afraid of happening. But you should be able to tell the story of, of what it was like to lose. And then people don't don't fear losing because that's another big issue. People leave sport, they get anxiety because they're terrified of losing. I'll be honest, I've never been scared of losing. I've never been, never had a problem, doesn't matter. Whoever I've played against, of shaking the opposition's hand and saying, well played, lads, well played, good game. On the pitch during the game, I'm there to win, no doubt about it. And I'm there. I'll, 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 I've been known to say a few things in the cricket field that'll try and ruffle somebody up and upset some some people. But the amount of people that I've seen over the years that struggle to even shake your hand after a defeat, and I kind of feel sorry for those people because I think maybe it's not that you're a sore loser. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to accept defeat. And these are things that I think need to be changed. Um, I, I, moving forward, there needs to be more positive spins on failure, defeat, having challenges in your life. They can be turned into a positive. They do not need to be such a horrible thing, and that's it. Life can't go on. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. In terms of just you're growing from where we are now, in terms of the coverage, and just yeah, everyone, not everyone, but just being a bit more positive about what's going on. There are so many great things going on because I mean, there's a lot of going to be a lot of struggles for a lot of cricket clubs going forward with what's happened in the last few months. But, you know, there's still a lot of great things going on from volunteers right the way up. And I just think it's, uh, you know, there's so many stories to to be told and so many kind of, as Kazim touched on earlier, I think inspirational stories that people don't maybe think themselves. So that's, anyone needs to know about that. But actually, if it can inspire two other youngsters at their club, um, then it's then it's a great thing. So, yeah, hopefully we can just grow things from, from where we are. And it's great that sort of, Cricket's hopefully back on the horizon in a few weeks. A few weeks time. Well, gentlemen, absolutely love your work. Uh, more power to both of your elbows. And uh, thanks ever so much for uh, for joining me today. Uh, it's been a fascinating chat. I've uh, really, really enjoyed it. No problem, Jake. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and all the best to you both. And good luck to everybody taking taking back to the the cricket fields. And make sure you get plenty of dirty wipes and plenty of washing to do. Oh, I meant to that. Yes, definitely. And that's it for the Cricket Scotland podcast for this week. I'll be back very soon, but until then, take care and I'll see you soon. Bye.